clock strikes here it's always halloween and i'm always your haunted host luce tomlin brenner this is a year-round halloween history and storytelling podcast brought to you by our patreon ghoul gang i want to welcome you to small frights friday On these very special episodes, I like to share a curated selection of calls from the All Hallows Hotline and letters from the Eek mailbag. But before we jump in, I want to welcome our newest Ghoul Gang members, Alyssa, Sarah, and Fefe, or Fifi. Not quite sure, but I hope that it's at least one of those pronunciations. Let's give a rousing howl to these three and the entire Patreon ghoul gang whose contributions fully fund the production of this very podcast. We literally would not be here without you. And on Patreon this month, it's Stephen King September! The Master of Horror celebrates his birthday on September 21st, so we will be celebrating him all month long. For our book club, we are reading Salem's Lot, and our movie party this month is a Stephen King Saturday Schlockfest triple feature on September 30th. We will be watching a few of the lower-rated Stephen King films that don't often get watched. They're not classics, but they're a lot of fun anyways. We'll be watching Maximum Overdrive, the only film directed by Stephen King, followed by Graveyard Shift, the only adaptation of his work that has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Then we will close out the night with Sleepwalkers, the only film that's a total original screenplay by Stephen King, not based on any of his stories. I'm really looking forward to this wild day. I hope you'll join us Saturday, September 30th. The times are to be announced. So please visit patreon.com slash it's always Halloween for all the details. We will also be watching Salem's Lot after we finished the book. We just have to pick a time still. So Salem's Lot will either be at the end of this month or the very beginning of October. So keep that in mind. That'll be another movie party, but that one will be available to be accessed for everyone at the book club level and up, whereas the movie tiers typically are a little higher. There's also a bonus episode with co-producer Greg coming out later this month, and you can also get access to our blog and Discord by joining the Patreon Ghoul Gang. Again, that's patreon.com slash it's always Halloween, or you can click the link that's in our show notes. And speaking of goodies for your trick-or-treat sack... Be the first on your block to receive the newest issue of The Lantern's Way. If you pre-order Volume 2 now, you can get it for the reduced price of $10. We will be honoring this through probably about the last week of September while we were in the production phase. Once we have them produced, the price is going to go up to $12. The first volume is still available to order as well, and you can find links to both in our show notes or just visit Displaced snail.com and peruse Joe's entire selection of zines while you're there. 
I also want to remind you that sadly, we are not doing any live shows this season. After all, Greg and I have been looking at other possible venues. So, you know, it's still a possibility, but nothing is confirmed yet. So just want to make sure everybody knows that we are not doing a show this weekend like we had originally planned. Still feeling sad about it, but it is important for us to be in a venue that aligns with our values and our mission. And we just didn't feel that way about the place that we had originally booked at the more we talked to them and got to know them. But on the bright side, I am still coming to Boston this month for the Axe Wound Film Festival, a feminist horror film fest that I have worked at as a judge in the past. Uh, My first film, Messed Up, premiered there in 2018. I'm really excited that Surprise will have its East Coast premiere there. It's a really lovely place. We also did a live episode there virtually during the pandemic in uh, 2021. So go back and look for our episode on the history of slashers. I'm really proud of that episode. I explored the slasher genre throughout history, taking us all the way back to the Roman Colosseum. So if you are worried that it's just about horror movies, don't be. It's mostly not. (laughs) So if you are a Boston or New England lantern and you would like to come to the Axe Wound Film Festival and see a bunch of really cool DIY horror films made by badass women and genderqueer folk, then please come out. It's September 22nd through the 24th. Surprise will be screening opening night, which I'm thrilled about. That's Friday, September 22nd in the 930 to 1130 block. I'll put all the ticketing information in the show notes and I will be posting about it online a bunch as well. Isaac and I are only going to have a couple of days to explore outside of the film festival. So we're trying to hit up Salem for a day. I would really like to go on a ghost tour in Boston. And this isn't exactly spooky, but having been a Little Women fan my entire life, I want to go see the Louisa May Alcott family house, the Orchard House as well while I'm there. So if you have any recommendations for spooky things I have to do in Massachusetts, please let me know. We really want to go to the Lizzie Borden house, but it's about three hours south and I don't think we have enough time to make like a six hour round trip. So that might have to be another time when we're going to be in Rhode Island or something like that. If you are in the area and you would like to meet up for something spooky, please reach out. Let me know. I've been in contact with a couple of you and it would be so fun to meet and talk in person. Again, I'll be in town Wednesday, September 20th through Monday, September 25th. I am hoping to get an episode out that week. It just depends how crazy that week ends up being for me. It might be something a little more simple uh, than a small frights or a history episode. So uh, if we do have to skip that week, please know that that's why. But I am trying to figure out my plan for the rest of the month. This very weekend, during which I'm also hoping to do a little Halloween decorating now that we are in the calendar Halloween season. I have not decorated yet, but... I have done something very important, which is reorganize my physical media collection to put a specific Halloween horror section at the very top. So I have one floor to ceiling shelf that we 
bought online years ago when we moved into our apartment and one floor to ceiling shelf that Isaac built for me when I ran out of space on the other one. So one of them has all VHS and the other one has Blu-rays and DVDs. And for years, I would just pull the spooky movies out and put them in a stack next to my TV. But now there's so many that last year when I pulled them all out, they were just like taking over the living room and Isaac would never cross me. No, (laughs) Isaac would never say anything about Halloween decorations or my tapes. He's very loving and respectful of my many collections, but I could tell he didn't love that they were all over the living room. It wasn't his favorite thing. So this year I did try to uh, find a different way to organize them. So I spent hours putting this new shelf together because I like everything to be alphabetical and it was really fun. And now I have four rows of uh, various spooky movies to choose from the next couple months. And if you want to see what my collection looks like, I will post pictures on Instagram and Patreon, give you a little glimpse. I noticed I've cobbled together all of the original Halloween franchise, which I consider to be 1978 through Resurrection, on all different formats. And some of them I have on like multiple formats, like I have four on tape, Blu-ray, and DVD, but I don't have Halloween 5 at all on no format. And it's one of my favorite of those original movies. So I gotta track it down. But I don't like to order things on the internet because everything is on the internet that you want. And I think it takes the fun away from finding things in the wild. So this season, I will have my eyes open for hopefully a VHS copy of The Revenge of Michael Myers, starring Daniel Harris. We talked about it on the most recent bonus episode because it has a really great Halloween party scene involving kittens. And speaking of Halloween parties, let's dive into our Eek mailbag because I have a really great one here about Halloween parties with the subject line hosting Halloween parties. Happy September, Luce. It was so great to see you in the Lanterns at the most recent book club meeting. The seemingly unanimous disappointment in the lack of Halloween party in Agatha Christie's Halloween party book inspired me to write in and share my own experience with hosting Halloween parties. Obviously, I've always loved Halloween. But when I was in sixth grade, I hosted my very first Halloween party. Including myself, there were seven people. I put up some decorations outside and in my living room, bought some snacks and candy, and ordered a few pizzas. Then we watched The Ring. It was simple enough and everyone had a good time. All the way through my senior year of high school, I had a Halloween party pretty much following the same formula. Decorations, food and drinks, scary movies, and a few people in costumes here and there. I also eventually added some decorations throughout my house and started doing short haunted house walkthrough tours with eerie music and sound effects. (laughs) Wow, that's so cute. (laughs) More recently, in my adult years, my Halloween parties have become a bit more elaborate. Now I host along with my parents and sister, and friends of all ages are invited for a costume potluck party. The outdoor decorations have evolved into a full-fledged cemetery taking over our entire front yard. 
lighting effects, and even a jack-o'-lantern scarecrow to greet guests as they enter our backyard, where the decorations continue until you reach the party. In the backyard, a few more lights and decorations will catch your eye as you mingle with new friends, eat some spooky snacks, and guess each other's costumes. But the highlight for me has been the development of the walkthrough tour inside our house, which we turned into a dessert experience. Guests enter from the backyard into the pumpkin room, completely decked out with pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns on the floor and hanging from the ceiling. Their first dessert is here, my famous ooey-gooey pumpkin cake. Then, the haunted hallway with floating figures and creepy portraits leads them to the spider room. Ah! <laughs> with a giant spider and her web offering sugar cookies with orange and purple spiderweb icing. Terrifying. A quick stop at the powder room reveals a gruesome zombie murder scene with bloody handprints all over the place. No desserts here, I promise. The hallway leads to the pirate room, where a pirate skeleton fights a giant sea monster, complete with black lights, wind, lightning, and stormy ocean sound effects. Here, guests are treated to some of my ooey-gooey graveyard cake. Right next door, guests encounter the witch's room, where two witches are preparing potions as bones float over their cauldron. Here, they can grab some edible witches' hats, Hershey kisses on Oreo thins. <laughs> and last but not least is the Mad Scientist Lab, where guests finish off their tour with some mini dirt and worm shot glasses and an alcoholic concoction served in syringes and test tubes before heading back outside to the party or heading back in for more desserts. I've had such an amazing time sharing the Halloween hosting duties with my family and collaborating with them on the decorations and dessert creations. We mix the scary with the spooky and end up with a great group of people, tasty bites, and all the Halloween-y atmosphere you could ask for. More than anything, I just enjoy being able to share everything I love the most about Halloween with anyone who's daring to attend. I've included a link to a short video of the dessert walkthrough Happy two months to calendar Halloween, everyone. <laughs> Diego. Diego, this letter just put me in Halloween heaven. I was enjoying imagining walking through this. You took us on such a great journey. Like, I really felt like I was there walking through with you. And then to actually get to see the video, I went back through and listened to my own recording while I was watching the video. So I recommend the uh, video will be linked in the show notes. I recommend everybody opens it up and listens while doing the little walkthrough. It's very cool. My lots of really great aspects. There's a fantastic octopus that's very impressive. And then I really love the little witch station. You guys have very cool witch decorations. I mean, just the attention to detail in every aspect was wonderful. And also just, you're right. It is spooky. It is scary, but it completely encompasses everything that's fun about this season. And A plus, I love it. I love that you and your family do this together. It's so special. Really makes me miss decorating with my own family and miss having more than two rooms in my house. <laughs> 
I just love that you're a lifelong Halloween partier and these stories were fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing them and thank you for being a part of the Ghoul Gang. It was so fun having you at the book club meeting this month. Hopefully you could join us for Stephen King. I want to encourage all lanterns, if you do a lot of decorating or you're having a party or any kind of walkthrough experience, please do a little first person video walking around showing everything. Even if you don't want to upload it to YouTube or social media, just send it to me. I love seeing everyone's decorations and all the creativity and imagination you guys have. It's really nice, especially again, as someone who does not have a house and kind of misses having all of that space to get real elaborate. So happy September to you, Diego, and all the lanterns, of course. And thank you so much for sending in this delightful letter. Up next, we have a call from the All Hallows Hotline. I would say it's Cassandra of um, Ghoul Gangness and of Cassandra and Autumn, longtime listener and fan. Uh, I just listened to the last Small Frights episode um, where the listener talked about trick or treating until 12th grade, and that resonated with me so much because I also trick or treated until 12th grade because Halloween was and is my high holiday. Um, and I remember it so perfectly. I was in grade 12 and me and all my friends were like, yeah, our last time, like we can still trick or treat. And everyone met at my house because my parents' house was the big Halloween house. And everyone was dressed up and we did like one street and everyone was like, okay, we're done. And I was dumbfounded. I couldn't believe this is our last year and they only want to go on one street. And so me and two other friends, uh, Allison and Matt, I remember it perfectly still, <laughs> decided to just keep trick-or-treating and we trick-or-treated all night. Like we went probably till 10 o'clock and we went so, so, so far all over the neighborhood and in every street and we just had the time of our lives. Um, and it's like one of my favorite Halloween memories uh, to this day. So I just want to say for anyone else that trick-or-treated that long, good for you. And for anyone that's thinking, oh, I don't know if I should, you definitely should. I'm one of those people that will give candy to anyone, child, adult, dog, as long as it's not chocolate. And it's just such a fun memory and time so fleeting. And I get to live on through it now because I have kids and I get to trick or treat, but not everyone has that opportunity. So I think everyone deserves to be happy and everyone needs that Halloween spirit. Uh, that's it. Have a good day, everyone. Happy Halloween. I love this story. Thank you for sharing it with us. It's great to hear from people who trick-or-treated all through high school and it was a good time and nobody was a jerk to you and I think it's so cool that you're paying it forward by being someone who's encouraging people of all ages to come and trick-or-treat at your house you make a great point those of us without children or those with pets who can't and won't leave the house and will not allow you to put a costume on them uh, we're missing out from the trick-or-treating experience. So it sounds like you're doing a great job recreating that cozy community Halloween experience for your own family and for your whole neighborhood as well. I commend you. High Halloween honors to you, Cassandra. Thank you for calling. And thank you for being a supportive member of the Ghoul Gang. Our next eek mail has the subject line, A New Luceo Lantern. Hi, Luce. My name is Maya, and I'm from Georgia. 
I just started listening to your podcast a month or so ago, and I absolutely love it. I heard about you from YouTuber Darling Desi. You should check her out. She's amazing. I started at the very beginning of your podcast, so I'm eight episodes away from getting into the 2022 episodes. I'm an October 16th baby, and I love anything pumpkin, fall, and horror. My favorite horror movies are all the classics. Friday the 13th, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Final Destination, and Wrong Turn. I'm an only child, so trick-or-treating was fun, but also a little lonely because I didn't have a sibling to go with me. One year, my parents took me and a couple of my friends to my grandparents' boss's house for Halloween. They had a big party and it was fun, but on the way back, we ran out of gas in front of a house that was supposedly haunted by a ghost. We believed the story because we were kids, and at the time, we had even convinced ourselves we were seeing the ghost in the windows as we sat in the car waiting for my dad to come back from the gas station. That story actually makes me laugh now, thinking back on it. Now I live in the same town where that house was, or maybe still is, but unfortunately, I don't remember anything else about it, like where it is or what it looks like. All I have is this funny, creepy memory. I'm sorry if this is too long. I'm just so excited to be a Luceo Lantern, and there was a lot I wanted to share. Love, Maya. Not too long at all, Maya. The perfect length. No apologies needed. I am excited to have you here on our front porch. I'm so happy that you found us. And yes, I know darling Desi. She has a fantastic YouTube channel. I definitely recommend it to people who like to get into seasonal moods. She's very good at capturing the ambiance of each season and the different activities and media or books that you can get into to help you celebrate that time period. Of course, her fall stuff is wonderful. And she was lovely enough to feature us on her episode last year. So of course, we want to shout out Darling Desi for being a fan of the podcast and sharing it with all of her lovely fans. So glad that she brought you over here, Maya. And I think you hit on something that's really sweet about being a kid that I think is fun to try to harness as an adult, which is Yes, you didn't know anything about this house. You just heard that a, that a ghost lived there. And I'm sure you're just trying to pass the time while you're waiting for your dad to walk back to the car. And you just hype each other up. Maybe you just start fabricating little details. Oh, I heard this. Oh, well, I heard this about the house. And so-and-so went there and he got pulled in and this person went up the steps and they got cursed. You know, just heightening each other's stories and that way that kids can kind of work each other up so much harder to do as adults because we are kind of world weary now. We've got hints of cynicism and we like to be logical and correct and to really think things through. And while those are very admirable traits and very important in a lot of ways, I think when it comes to folklore and storytelling and urban legends and Halloween, there's a time to be accurate and there's a time to have fun. So why not work each other up? with some local lore. Who cares if it's true? Who cares if it's accurate? All that matters is that you creep each other out, get a little shriek from your pals, make sure you're laughing. So you can be in the position Maya is here where she doesn't remember anything about the house where it is. She even might live right next to it, wouldn't know. But she has this fantastic memory. A really nice reminder for the season. 
let's let our imaginations run wild every opportunity that we get. Now we have even more celebratory and imaginative goodness coming up in our next call. Hi, Luce, Lanterns and Grimturns. This is JT. It's been quite a while since I've called in. In fact, to be honest, it's been quite a year. Um, But... I am finally catching up on all the episodes. I just, I love this podcast so much. It's such a cozy, happy place um, for me to escape to, which is, I think, why I like sometimes missing a couple months, because then I get to binge a whole bunch and just, like, completely immerse myself. But I just listened to the most recent uh, Friday, uh, Small Frights, The Spooky Forest. And there was an eek mail from Emmy. And it, it touched me. The way that they described um, going through all the Halloween magazines and stuff with a sort of a Halloween-esque vibing music in the background, just any small way sort of spook, uh, spark that spooky uh, feeling inside of you, it brought back so many memories. From when I was a kid, I would get so excited about Halloween in the summer. And since it is August, still the summer technically, I figured I would share what I used to do as a kid. Um, You know, when you're young and it's the summer, October seems like so far away, so far away. And I really like that we as a, a whole community have recently decided all of us decided that we start celebrating halloween well not us because we know that halloween is every day but it seems like the general public is now celebrating halloween august 1st which maybe that started in the lockdown when people were like you know who cares about rules let's just find serotonin um and i love that but as a kid i didn't have that it was like oh october's so far away it's not halloween i lived in florida it's super hot and humid so i would find my own ways to spark whatever spookiness that I could. And every day in the summer, thunderstorms would roll in around three or five in the afternoon. So that's when I would go inside and we had this closet under the stairs, which I know it sounds very Harry Potter, but it was a really awesome closet under the stairs. And I would go all the way in it and I created my clubhouse in there. And I founded the Halloween Club, where I would go in there, and to me, it was like calendars didn't exist. Time didn't exist in there. So I could draw, you know, drawings of spooky pumpkins and stuff. And I would find the magazines that were just starting to advertise the upcoming Halloween season stuff. And just like Emmy said that they do, And I would go through so slow, page by page, taking in every detail that I could. You know, just to date myself, this was before I had access to the internet. So these magazines, that was it. That was the only picture of Halloween that I would be able to see until calendar October came around and would start throwing it all in our face like we love. And it was so great. And my little sister... She got very excited about it. Um, She joined the Halloween club. And the way that I initiated her was she had to take what I called the Halloween challenge challenge. 
And yes, I always said it just like that. And it was a series of three questions that she had to answer correctly. And they all had to do with anything relating to Halloween. So that was sort of our, our fun our fun every summer we would start having this Halloween club meetup every afternoon when the thunderstorms came in and it would involve I think um the best magazine I don't know if I can even call it a magazine because it was very thin just a few pages but Oriental Trader which is all the very cheap tchotchke things that you'd get but they had a whole Halloween issue and oh my gosh I lose my mind every time that that came out I said lose I lost my mind every time that that came out, and oh my gosh, we pour page by page of it. I just, I, I loved it, and now I feel like we, we are finally able to shed the, um, the oppressiveness of the calendar. It doesn't matter what time of year it is. It doesn't matter what month it is. But now we're able to find ways to celebrate Halloween all year round, which I adore, and I wish I could go back in time and tell my young self, like, you don't have to hide in the closet to enjoy Halloween, you can just enjoy it, but wonderful memories were made in that in that dark, spooky closet. Um, anyway, I hope that people are getting through this summer in true spooky fashion. I hope you all are doing well, and you know, I would be remiss if I mentioned Emmy's uh, mail, but didn't actually give them a recommendation on a costume. Well, I was thinking Taylor Swift has amazing wardrobe. What if a classic monster went dressed as a Swiftie or went dressed as Taylor Swift? Kind of a fun mashup there. I don't know. Just something to get creative juices going. Anyway, I look forward to the next episode and I hope everyone has a spooky time. JT, this call was packed full of so much Halloween fantabulousness. I don't know how else to say it. I am just giddy. I felt myself talking back while you were talking and realizing that we were not in a conversation. Well, in the traditional way, I do like to think of this as a conversation in a way. First of all, really great idea for Emmy, the Taylor Swift monster, the, the Swifty Dracula or mummy or creature of the Black Lagoon. Listen, the creature would really be into Taylor Swift. Think about him swimming alongside of her. <laughs> really fun ideas. And my God, the Oriental Trading Company's Halloween magazine, when that came, time stood still. I remember coming home from school and that thing being on the counter, I would just like sweep it up in my hands, be like, hold my calls, mother, I'm busy for the rest of the week. I would just be circling things and folding down corners like I had anything more than like $20 to my name. And what was I going to do with like a hundred little plastic bats? Well, you know, throw them around my room like they're a confetti, of course, but I wasn't going to call the Oriental Trading Company and place my order for thousands of dollars of cheap crap over the phone, which is what you had to do in the 90s. Could not order it online. You had to catalog order. And uh, it didn't matter. 
that I never ordered anything from it, just the experience of looking over each and every colorful page and imagining having it was enough for me. And finally, I'm obsessed with your Halloween club. This is the cutest thing, and I want to encourage lanterns of all ages to start their own Halloween club. You know I have my own Halloween closet. That is where I am talking to you now, and I have decorated it with all kinds of little gifts and trinkets from you guys and fun Halloween pictures I've found and horror posters and photographs from Halloween parties. And of course, my clothes are also there, but you can make your own corner of your home Halloween-y all year round if you want. Maybe it's a room of your house or a wall where you're like, this is where I'm putting all of my Halloween art or all of my dark art. I know that there are many of you who do decorate year round and whose style is inherently spooky so that everything in your house already has a cool like natural history, morbid Senna element to it. But for Halloween lovers that maybe don't share that with their roommates or partners, or they have an eclectic style of different things, just pick an area to uh, put up a few pictures or to gather all of your spooky books or movies on one shelf. Something that you can look at in your private little Halloween club, even if you're the only person who can enjoy it and it's February and everybody else in your life is like, what the what? You know, all of us out here in Halloween land are dying to come celebrate with you. JT, it's great to have you back on the porch. Great to have you in the ghoul gang. Thank you so much for your enthusiasm and your encouragement for our fellow lanterns. And I look forward to hearing more about how your Halloween season is going as it progresses. Okay, finally, usually at the very end of every episode, I like to share a new five-star review that A Lantern has written. But this week, I want to bump up the newest review because I want to make sure everyone has a chance to hear it because it's extremely heartwarming. And I think it really reflects beautifully how important the community that we've all built together here, how important it is. Okay, this is just what I needed. I didn't know how desperately I needed this podcast until I found it. I've spent my whole life feeling as if the promise of Halloween was left unfulfilled. The community of the autumnal holiday of Halloween was, in my mind, pure magic, yet I really didn't know how many others wanted to revel in its glory with me. I tried to find community in the horror fandom, although I have found some kinship there. I also found a lot of toxic masculinity and gatekeeping to the SFX makeup and horror world that ultimately drove me away from my initial dream of pursuing that art as my career. I'm happy on my, honestly, more fulfilling academic path now, but it left me feeling that I had to appreciate this hobby of SFX and Halloween all alone. Once I found Luce and the other lanterns, a jack-o'-lantern lit up in my heart. That sense of community that I now know is immeasurable. I not only feel validated that the world is much spookier than I had imagined, but it's also much more loving, accepting, and brave. The inclusive and honest lanterns bring the level of Halloween I have always longed for. Growing up, I questioned my gender identity and sexual orientation. Horror and Halloween allowed me to play with those queries. 
queer-ies. <laughs> I mostly now associate with my birth gender, but I am not afraid to express myself in a non-binary way. I also discovered my pansexuality. I feel more myself because Halloween and horror had my back when society didn't. Halloween to me is about facing differences, facing fears, embracing the light and the dark in all of us, and most importantly, fostering a collective community in which all of this is done with love and safety. I didn't know if that was possible before finding this podcast, and now I am certain. Happy Halloween season to all my fellow lanterns all over the world, and thank you, Luce, for creating this space and working to keep it for the people and by the people. You're a true gem, er, a true Reese's Pieces. <laughs> much haunted love, Tams. Tams, thank you so very much for taking the time to write such a thoughtful and vulnerable review of the podcast. It really touches me so deeply to know that it's had such an impact on your life and that it helped you find a little bit of that community that you'd been searching for for so long. I know that it did something similar for me and that I am lucky enough to have a group of friends here in Los Angeles who love Halloween and we enjoy doing Halloween activities together. But I had no idea that there were so many passionate people at the same level as me and my friends all over the world. And definitely the world feels pretty scary a lot of the time. And now knowing that so many of you are out there, it helps me feel like things aren't that bad, even if there is a lot of dire and difficult, truly horrific things happening in the world. I really believe that there are more people out there who want to do good than to do bad. And I don't know if I would feel that so heartily if I didn't spend so much time engaging with all of you from all over the world. And it's a really beautiful reminder. And I'm so happy that you're all here and that we have been able to come together in this very um, unorthodox way. It's very extraordinary and it never fails to blow my mind. So again, thank you, Tams. I'm really happy that you're enjoying the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. And Lanterns, if you're on Apple Podcast, please subscribe and write us a little review so that other like-minded Lanterns can find us. You don't have to do a full letter like that. Even a few sentences makes a huge difference. And contribute your own heartwarming or spine-tingling Halloween stories to a Small Frights episode. You can call in to the All Hallows hotline at 802-532-DEAD. Or write me that eek mail at itsalwayshalloweenpodcast at gmail.com. Ooh, losing my voice from all the eeking. <laughs> we love hearing trick-or-treat memories, Halloween party triumphs or disasters, book and movie recommendations, haunted histories, and stories of how Halloween helped you connect to your true self. And don't forget to order your copies of The Lantern's Way, Volume 1 and 2 this season. Volume 1 is available now, and Volume 2 is available for pre-order for the price of $10 until the last week of September when it skips up to 12 As I said at the top of the episode, if you love It's Always Halloween, please subscribe at patreon.com slash itsalwayshalloween, or you can make a one-time donation using our tip jar. This episode was written and researched and produced by me, your forever haunted host, Luce Tomlin Brenner, with help from the Patreon ghoul gang and your fellow lanterns, Diego, Cassandra, Maya, JT, and Tams. 
This episode was co-produced and edited by Greg Nelson. Great job, Greg. Our theme music was written by Pete Burns, and our podcast art was designed by Rose Fedick. Special thanks to our grim turns, Nathan and Tom. You can follow the show on Instagram at It's Always Halloween Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at LTB Comedy and Greg at Greg Nussin. Thanks so much for listening to yet another episode of It's Always Halloween. And please come back next time. Unless you get sucked into the spooky pages of the Oriental Trading Company magazine.